All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Jason Prager Show and after the Sports Center, TSN 1260. It's game day, Oilers. Are you nervous or are you excited? Probably a little bit of both. As the uh, Oilers look to uh, even up the series and then make it a best of three. Uh, Vegas, of course, wants to take a stranglehold in this series with a victory tonight. Would give them a 3-1 lead. Lots on the line. That's what makes the playoffs so exciting. Who knows what's going to happen? I have no idea. Honestly, I didn't expect Edmonton to soil the sheets as much as they did in Game 3. But I also didn't expect Vegas to soil the sheets as bad as they did in Game 2. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens tonight as we uh, welcome in uh, Jason Strudwick, uh, fresh off uh, uh, another uh, job training today for uh, Struddy. It lasted an hour, and uh, it was let go, but... Uh, E for effort, Struddy. E for effort. Yeah, I was working the McHappy Day today at uh, McDonald's, Riverbend McDonald's, and I was uh, well, I was outside for a little bit, then I got onto the drive-through door. I actually really enjoyed the drive-through door. Uh, liked the action in there, seeing what everybody's ordering. There's some unique orders coming through at uh, McDonald's. A lot of coffee. I can't believe how much coffee. Well, you smell. were working at ten in the morning, right? Yeah, ten to eleven. But still, yeah. I. Well, do you I, think they're going to be ordering Big Macs at ten a.m.? Well, no, I've heard a lot of people talk about how good the coffee is there, and I, oh. I didn't realize like that. There's a lot of coffee going out the door. I was handing out a lot. Uh, did you burn yourself? No, no. I, I actually asked about the spillage, and they said the big thing is when someone grabs it at the top, they grab the lid. You got to grab mid or bottom, but they also can't grab the person's hand. So, the person handing out has to give the person a chance. So you put it. your hand underneath it, well, like a tray. Yeah. So, I, well, yeah, the tray is one thing because I was—I moved out a four-man of tray of Tallboy coffees. That was—I'm not gonna lie—it was a little nerve-wracking there. Oh, it's true. <laughs> 
you drop that. Now, were you the one? Hi, uh, welcome to McDonald's. You weren't. You that weren't running. Oh, geez. Chantal, Chantal was running. Chantal had that job. I couldn't take that on. No, you didn't want to do it. Well, I, just imagine old Marvel. Hello, this is uh, Rachel Swarwick. Welcome to McDonald's. Well, I asked her. I said, "What's the biggest order they ever had?" And she said that she had a one, a hundred five unique items one time. What? Yeah, and then at a school one time ordered five hundred cheeseburgers, but they knew it was coming. But someone—that's her personal best. One hundred five unique items someone ordered at the drive-through window. So they showed up at the drive-through window and had like twenty Big Macs, twenty right. cheeseburgers, twenty fries, twenty pops, twenty pies, and yeah. five other things. Twenty-five unique items, man. Mm. Or sorry, one hundred five. That's a lot of unique items. What do you so, mean unique? Like the well, it's not like like so. Is one Big Mac? So if I order yeah. five Big Macs, is that five unique that's items? Five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just five. Five. So one hundred and five things. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. You're really trying to show that you know the McDonald's. Well, I'm now, kind of in. Yeah, the mix I'm, I'm now. really I mean, hey, whatever, unique, right? unique items. Nah, I don't want it. Like that's what we call in the business, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of pre, pre, mm-hmm. pre McDonald's ad. So I can't believe you didn't run it when I ran a McDonald's drive-through with McCapaday. I was right on there. Hey, welcome really? to McDonald's. Have a little fun with that. Oh, it was great. Uh, my big joke though, when someone pulled up the window, I'm like, "Do you want this to go?" And they just look up at you like, "What?" <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was such so a funny. Donkey. I was dying. Hi, do you want this to go? They're like, "What?" Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it is great. Uh, did you sign any autographs? No, I got a couple selfies. A couple selfies in there. A couple. It was good. People. Yeah, it was good. Well, I wasn't. T- other people selfie. I was the background thing. Right? Background yeah. the selfie. Hey, Greg's. If you're working at McDonald's, your glass would fall in the fryer. Mark. Hey, Mark. Exnay. I can tell you right now, glasses have never fallen off. Yeah. I was like last night. I had to. Uh, I was a got roped into assistant coach on the soccer team. Okay, and so I've noticed in our first two games we had a lot of walking. I played soccer. There's not a lot of walking in soccer not if you want to win. You got to be jogging and running. So I was like, you know what? I'll put the kids through a little like um, interval training with some running. Sure. So and we have four groups because you know we had uh, four, 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 and three kids. I think because we right. had 15. And they go through other stations. So I'm doing five minutes each one. Well, I end up running the whole time four times, buddy. I haven't jogged that much in a long time. <laughs> Oh, I woke up today. My knees are sore than anything, right. which is fun. But I'm just like, all right, I need to uh, need to get in shape a little bit. Get moving but, again. Uh, you know, I was getting on some sprinting. Like, hey, ten seconds. Now we're going to jog, and um, it's just, hey, you got to get going. But I uh, did all that with the gogs on. They don't fall off. Yeah, so uh, you get uh, that old uh, chopper. I make sure to have these things welded on. Yeah, they're not going to fall you know off. What? There's nothing worse than the person I see them. They talk to you, and their glasses are hanging down their nose, and I'm like. How are you, how can you focus like that? Like I right, can't right. do it. You know, like yeah. I look at you, I just pulling the McCurdy. Like right now, I'm like, what yeah. do you like? How can you handle that? A dry, like I, I don't know how people can function when their glasses have slid down the bridge of their nose. And it's like yeah. I'm like, how can you see? What are you doing? That's the Bruce McCurdy move. If you notice, he always has his glass on the edge of his nose. Every time I see him or I see him on a thing, yeah, that's where he has them. Really? I, I've, I've often wondered. I don't know. Maybe he he's got to tighten up the nose pieces. I don't know what it Bruce. is. I, listen, I don't wear glasses. I probably need them. But I, I, I've never noticed, but I noticed that's what my good buddy Bruce has. Hmm. All right. I didn't Bruce, know you know it's true. Bruce, there it is. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, good. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, we're going to get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton, where uh, the XC60 hybrid plug-in is now available. 455 horsepower, 75 kilometers of pure electric ride. Stop in, test drive one today at VolvoWemmonson.com. Stride, I want to get to, I want to hear you respond to this. Um, so we hear it all the time. So Nick Bukestad, this is his first time in the second round. 
Yeah. And I was talking to him today about just, yeah, like, yeah, it's supposed to be stressful, but you got to be having a little bit of fun, too. Like, you're still involved in it. And just asked him kind of how it's going. Is You know, he's a veteran, but it's still new territory for him. It's definitely a day-to-day uh, process is, is what I'm learning and, uh, you know, the emotions of, of winning and the, the low emotions of losing. It, uh, it's got to be handled in a, you know, diligent manner as far as, you know, you got to be really attentive to, you know, and not getting too low on yourself when you, when you lose a game and vice versa. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun fun thing to be a part of here and um, you know we're not in the spot we want to be two to one but we definitely feel we uh, you know can give ourselves a good chance tonight and um, come out a lot better than we did the other night it's been an odd series in the sense that I think in, in the losses like sometimes you'll play well and lose that happens in hockey but the teams that have lost three games have, have all not been happy with how they lost the game it's kind of been blowouts really I know not in the scoreboard in game one but do you like do you feel your team like how do you know if you got your game because right now it seems like there's really you know yings and yangs and when one team's ready and the other one just for whatever reason it yeah i think um you know for us it's a it's a mentality of um you know bringing the same energy we did game two and um you know i, I think i think if you get down a couple goals you you, you can't lose your reins so you got to find ways to uh you know chip away and, and come back which which this team has proved um to do obviously in the, the the first series but um yeah it's just treating every day like a new day uh no matter what but i, I think we we know um the intensity and the mental focus when we bring that it's it's uh you know we give ourselves a good chance so that's definitely the uh, message in the locker room and um you know it was self-inflicted the other night for sure and um, you know, we're definitely uh, not too hard on ourselves, but we learned our lessons there. The one thing that a lot of guys have talked about is you need to play more in the offensive zone tonight. And one, the big thing, it's, it's harder to defend. It's more tiring. Yeah. I was looking at just their defense in games one and, and three. They had a combined nine hits. They, they didn't have to battle you guys down low because you just weren't there as often. How important is that in just making their defense battle you harder in the D's? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they, they got a good D killer there, and um, we know we have to play them harder and and uh, get possession time, hold on to the puck. I think that's important, and uh, you know, get them running a little bit. And you know, like you said, sometimes offense is the best defense. Where if we're in their zone, they're not they're not generating much they're not generating uh confidence within the game so um that, that, that's got to be a, a, a mindset going into tonight where it's we got to be better in the offensive zone it's not you know it's not rocket science but uh, it's just just playing harder and strategically coming up with those pucks instead of kind of running around and not being on the same page so how do you ensure, Strutty, that strategically you are coming up with pucks? Because I think the orders were one and done in the offensive zone far too often. If they did ship it in, four checkers in and deliver a check, but the Vegas defenseman was like, oh, here I go to my partner, and they're up and out. Yeah, so a lot of it is got to have a plan. So what is your plan when you're attacking the offensive zone? You know, and, and I talk about the half-court offense a lot, and I'm stealing that term from, from basketball. But what you want to have, you want to make sure that you can get – Here's an example. Coming down the wing and firing a shot from outside the dots in the top of the circles is just a low percentage shot. There's nothing to it. You're just firing it to the net. Yeah, you get a shot on goal. Congratulations. Your Corsi looks good. 
but it, there's really nothing to it. So what is your plan? If you if you can't get that shot off, are you button hooking back? Are you putting the puck behind the net so your buddy can pick it up? Are you are you driving it really low? Then you're just gonna muck it up by yourself. Are you getting puck support? Because also, you know, if you're gonna lose it, is there someone else there that can jump in? They can help you. Can they help you get that puck back? And then where are you putting the puck once you get it back? And where's the support off of that? So, you know, to me, the best were the guys I hated playing against in the offense zone were the guys that were strong on pucks and had a plan not just to throw it away. They weren't careless with the puck, but also had puck support. And then once they got it, they were all moving. You know, if Jason Greger's a great shooter, but he just goes stands in the slot, sure. that's really easy for me to go and stand beside him, right? There's no challenge. But if Greger's moving around and moving up and down, and you know he's he's above the the, the 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 well, well above the top of the circles, and comes down in the corner, moves around. Now I have to react to where that guy's at, and that's the hard part. You have to keep moving. Don't just stand. It's easy to stand. It feels like I'm in a shooting position, but that's what D-men want. Now, we, we had a lot of texts yesterday. We didn't get into it, but um, on the white cloud goal, right? A lot of people are like, wow, ah, what are the owners doing? What's Nurse doing up there? Well, so I went back and I watched the game, and I'm pretty sure, because the players aren't going to tell you the game plan, which is weird, because if you watch it, you can figure it out. I'm pretty sure Vegas isn't stupid. In their defensive zone, they're playing man-to-man at certain points. Definitely, they want the defenseman to press up on the forward in the middle of the ice. If it's along the boards, I've noticed, that's when they'll switch. And the winger just takes that guy, and then the defenseman will stay back. So on that play where, uh, you know, Nurse follows up his guy, what happened was, I think both Fogel and they both just got too close. And then they, you know, they ran into one another, and that allowed White Cloud. So if you were replaying that one, based on knowing what their system is... Yeah. What would you do different? Well, just a general rule is that you don't need two people going to the same guy. He's not a dangerous guy. So what should happen is that Darnell should release both of them up to it. So you, you follow it up. Darnell's 100% right to follow it up. He follows it up. But now Fogel's going to choose who he goes with. And Darnell's backing and taking whoever jumps out of the pile. Because both of them commit way up there. And then White Cloud just gets the puck and goes through. So who's the, who's the safety valve? There's nobody. They're, they're both up by the blue line. Yeah. They, they, they both. And so because... As a defender, right, like from talking to, to, to one player, yeah. um, he told me they want the guys, if you're if you're up close as the D-man, you just stay with them. And the forward's supposed to know that. Like a lot of this is communication, but a lot of times it's just yeah. you got to react and read the play very quickly. And and you would know better because once you're in there, Strutty, and you've committed knowing, okay, this is my job here, and if you're the D-man and you're pressure you can't hesitate, can you? And all of a sudden, be like, "Oh, now I got to quickly look to see—is the winger reading it?" Right? Yeah, like, how does that work? So that's so you have to think about this. The puck is that far away from the net; it's unlikely they're going to score. So why are you pressing so hard in that situation? Okay. So that's why, again, I—I've said it a thousand times. I never trust it forward, and they can't trust them because they're going to burn you. So I skate them up there. I look them. Okay, say what's what's going on here? Who's taking who? Uh, oh, Fogel looks like he's just going to switch. Okay, I'm going to because Fogel was with White Cloud. And then, uh, yeah, and Fogel switched. Fogel switched. Fogel left his guy. Hundred percent, he did, and he shouldn't. So that's why, as a forward, you have to anticipate that something might go sideways. So that's why, as, as nurse, you just sag back a little bit because even let's say the puck continues with the puck carrier instead of going back to White Cloud, you can still get in front of his arc so you can stop him before he gets to a shooting area. So here's my question, though, and I watched it, and so when I'm watching Nurse and he's on his guy, right. At that point, he's expecting Fogel to take White Cloud because right. that's his guy. Yes. So, do you, and it's always easier in slow motion, but in real time, do you even have time to do that look? And as you say, don't trust the forward? Well, communicate. So, do you think Fogel said switch? I doubt it. 
So either either no, Fogel, they weren't supposed to switch. So Fogel yeah. should have stayed with White Claw. I know, but yeah. but Fogel says switch. So Fogel says switch as a D man. You have to respect okay. that. You switch. I doubt he said that. Okay. Or 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 Nurse didn't hear it. But still, there's no reason. Like generally speaking, it, there was a zero play. There was nothing yeah. happening until Fogel sw- uh, switched up. And you don't need to switch. You don't switch. Uh, in that situation, if you're going to, you got to call it out. But that's why, again, I'll say you have to look at the area of the ice. The area, it's at the blue line. Uh, one guy's a demon, the other's a forward. There's just no need to, to jump, to, to, to go there if, if you're Darnell. So you follow the guy up and then you say, listen, my forward's probably going to screw me here. There's a good chance, a better, and this isn't just Fogel, it's every forward. There's a, 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 a good chance that my forward's going to screw me over here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to back off. I'm going to say, I'll let read what Fogel does, and then I'll play off the guy that doesn't get it. Because if he does that, um, and it's, then he just takes White Cloud who's going the net, and White Cloud doesn't get that, what I call a half breakaway. Oh, okay. So, because, and I just want to, because a lot of people are like, ah, oh, Nurse should never be there, but that's actually not true. No, 100%. Based on out. what their system is, they want them to press. So if you watch tonight, because, you know, I, I see people online, and they just yell out Aki's. It'd be better to say, what should he be doing here? Then yeah. you're going to learn, and you can find out. Because the order's defense, yeah. if you watch it in other situations, they want them to press on Vegas. Right? Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And so it's an easy read, and the winger, a lot of times it's easy to see it coming. Right? You're yeah. the winger. Okay, he's pressing up. I just stick with my guy. Now, the one caveat, though, is if they're press, if it's up on the boards, then they, they automatically want the switch. Right, they they yeah. want the defenseman to not go on the boards. 100%. They want him more in the middle. Yeah, because the guy cuts back down, right? Yeah. So, but you just it's it's all you just have to understand that, and, and this sounds terrible. You can't trust a forward, so you have to just sag off a little bit, play a little bit softer, and say, okay, where where's this guy going to go? Got I, I want to read this before we go. The guys, I have a friend who wears his sunglasses all the way down his nose. I tease him all the time. He's convinced it makes him look like a hot piece of you-know-what. I get secondhand embarrassment from how he wears them, from Ronu. I would agree with you. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know no. anybody who thinks nose it, uh, glasses, I don't care if it's your shades, you got aviators, you got Ray-Bans, I don't care what they are. If you're wearing them and they're sliding down your nose, you know what it looks like? It just looks like you don't care. It's, you might as well be wearing pajamas oh, in the grocery store. Is it that bad? Yes. I can't because you literally either hey, have no feeling in the sense of your bridge of your nose to realize. Because I've had it. If Because to me, the minute I've had a few glasses do that, well, I just go get them fixed. Sure. Because it's like the nose thing has gotten too loose. Yeah. But it's the most, A, it's uncomfortable. B, I don't know how you can see properly. And C, it's a terrible look. Yeah. Like there is nobody that walks around and is like, oh. Look at that person over there, hot. On the down, yeah, yeah the downside. Yeah, so I'm sorry. It's not happening. It's not, there's nothing that's remotely no, hot about he's it. Incredi- he's incredibly yeah. wrong here. If they ask the question, hot or not, it's not every time. Just telling you that. Uh, we'll come back. We have Mike Rupp coming up at uh, 4 o'clock. We'll get to uh, George Richards next. Could, uh, after a year of being swept out of oh. the second round, the Florida Panthers are one win away of sweeping themselves into the third round. Quite the turnaround for the Panthers. They could win seven in a row tonight. We'll discuss what has changed for the Florida Panthers. And they're going up against Mr. Wall, who will get his first start as a goalie in the playoffs. Whew, that would seem like an advantage, would it not? We roll through Wednesday afternoon. A few hours away. Just under five hours. Uh, puck drop around 8 10 tonight in case you are uh, curious about the specific time so uh, be ready for that 
Oilers Vegas pivotal game four. Meanwhile, it's our first elimination game in the second round of the National Hockey League playoffs as we go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's. You know what sounds amazing? A quarter pounder with cheese made with 100% Canadian beef. Right now at McDonald's, it's a McHappy Day, so get a Big Mac too while you're there. Delicious. Stratty recommends coffee too, evidently. <laughs> Uh, George Richards, longtime uh, beat reporter for the Florida Panthers, uh, joins us now to discuss the uh, the Panthers uh, and George, of course, from uh, Florida Hockey Now. George, quite the role reversal. Uh, last year at this time, uh, Florida was getting swept out of the uh, second round after a very good regular season. Uh, this year, they, they kind of squeak in, uh, had been disappointing all year long. They're down 3-1 to one to Boston, and since then, they've reeled off six consecutive wins, three against the Bruins to knock them out. Now they put the Leafs on the ropes. It has been quite the turnaround for Florida, and to me, it's like this team's finally figured out how to play up to their potential this playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you talk about this being the first elimination game. Who would have thought it'd be Florida? that holds the hammer, right? I mean, <laughs> this has been an, a crazy turnaround for Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, you talk about playing up to their potential, but um, playing to the style that, that the, the Panthers, you know, coaching staff wanted them to play, it took them a couple months, couple as in three or four, to uh, kind of figure that out. And, and now that they're all in, now that they've bought into it, uh, this is a very tough team to beat as uh, Boston and Toronto are finding out. Why has Brian Montour found this level of play and confidence? Listen, I think it started way early you know, at the beginning of the season. Um, in the third game of the season, Aaron Eckblad got hurt in Boston. Uh, Florida had to you know, put him on LTIR so they could sign Eric Stahl and make some other moves. Anyway, Brandon Montour went from playing 16, 17 minutes a game to running the Florida power play to playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a game and excelling at it. And when even when Aaron Eckblad came back, Brandon Montour was running the power play. Brandon Montour was playing 25 minutes. Most time of his career with those added minutes have come more points. I believe he ended up with 72 points uh, to break Keith Yandel's record, uh, franchise record. And, yeah, six goals in these playoff games. I mean, Brandon Montour – A name a lot of people may not know because he was in Anaheim, then he was in Buffalo before coming here. Um, But he's been terrific on both ends of the ice for the Panthers. Well, he has. And, you know, Matthew Kachuk has been everything the Panthers were hoping he would be when they acquired him. He had over 100 points in the regular season. And uh, I know people, he said at the end, well, geez, I don't have a goal in the series. But uh, his fingerprints were all over game one. Game two and three, uh, you know, like even the superstars aren't going to dominate every game. But you look at Florida's contributions elsewhere in the lineup in game two and three and how, how important that is for them to be ahead in this series. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and I think that uh, Sheldon Keith talked about it yesterday about the four superstars in Toronto not scoring. He's saying, well, we're getting some scoring from other people, and if we would have won game three, nobody would be talking about this. I don't know about that. I agree. You know, I don't know about that, Sheldon. But Matthew Kachuk said, hey, I haven't scored either in this series, and nobody's talking about me. That's because Florida's up 3 nothing, Matthew, and he is doing a lot of stuff. I mean, you look at him. We ran a picture today of him running Mitch Marner into the wall and, and, and Barkov hitting uh, Austin Matthews at the same time. I mean, that sums up the series right there. So Matthew Kachuk is definitely doing a lot of things for the Panthers, even though he's not scoring at the clip that he did 
uh, in the Boston series or in game one in Toronto. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that his fingerprints are still all over this thing. Goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky seems to be really in the zone. Uh, is that fair to, to kind of categorize yeah. his game as, as that, as a in the zone? He is locked in, right? I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky is uh, the story right now of this series. He started uh, he started game four here in Sunrise to Boston, lost that, and since then he's won six consecutive games. He's given up two goals in each of the first three games against Toronto. You know how potent this Toronto offense is, and he's given up two goals in each of the first three. Um, yeah, he's been terrific. He's been uh, on point. I think we saw him struggle a little bit in game two, where I think Paul Maurice was a little worried um, in those first five or six minutes because Sergei Bobrovsky, when he starts chasing a game, isn't a very good Sergei Bobrovsky, but he settled right in. They weathered that storm. They got a quick goal to make it 2-1, and that was it for, for Toronto's offense. So um, Sergei Bobrovsky does, deserves a whole heck of a lot of credit for what's going on right here, but he's getting help, and, and he'll be the first to admit it. Florida's defense playing much better in front of them, clearing out pucks. Um, I, I think we've seen one puck left at the doorstep, and that was a goal. So Florida's doing a very good job in helping him out, and uh, he's returning the favor. George Richards joins us from uh, Florida Hockey Now. I, I like that you mentioned the defense because I think when the playoffs started, there was a lot of people that pointed to their defense core and was like, are they good enough? You know, like yeah. Gustav Forsling, I think, is pretty underrated defenseman. You know, Ekblad, obviously Montour's had a great year. But, you know, I think Florida as a group, especially in the series that I've, the games I've watched against Toronto, they they have been incredible at boxing out Toronto. Like, Bobrovsky's not facing a ton of second or third opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that they've, they've definitely cleaned up because that was a problem. And, and, yes, Florida's defense is a weakness. I don't care what the Panthers want to tell you. Um, you know, their, 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 their defensive six um, is definitely going to get worked on this offseason. But they've been playing very well together um, the past, couple weeks of the season into the playoffs uh they've done a very good job of you know just cleaning things up and playing good from the blue line back um they're challenging they're smothering they're doing a lot of good stuff um and and then brandon montour's got six goals so he's got like all the offense from the from the blue line um and that's fine because those guys are doing their job and florida's winning games three to two four to two um which is what Tampa did to them last year. Tampa just smothered Florida, gave up three goals in four games. Yeah, a lot of that um, is, is credit to Vasilevsky, but a lot of it was just frustrating the heck out of the Florida forwards, and, and Florida's flipping that script, and that's the way the Panthers are playing. That's the way the Panthers wanted to play when they hired Paul Maurice in June, and, and now it's starting to come to fruition. So what's the concern, though, from Florida tonight? What has Toronto, like, obviously their top four haven't finished, right? They, yeah. they, they had some decent chances, but, uh, you know, Marner, I thought that might have been his worst game of his career in, in game yeah. three. He was non-existent for me. But what's the concern for Florida? What, what can't they allow Toronto to get going tonight? They just can't let Toronto get going, right? Because, you know, any time, you know, elimination games are tough to win. Everybody knows that. Um, I see this being a blowout one way or another. I mean, it, it, either Florida's going to blow it out and Toronto quits or Toronto just comes out gangbusters and has a 3 nothing lead and Florida can't get back into it. Um, it's, you know, Florida just does not want to go back to Toronto. Nobody wants to go back. 
You want to end this thing tonight. You just want to just, just you know, grab a couple goal lead and just hold on to it for dear life and move on with your lives. Um, but Toronto, everybody knows they've got those four guys who have done nothing offensively in this series. Those four guys have three assists combined. Um, Tavares doesn't have a single point in this series. And after the way those guys played in Tampa and carried the play in Tampa the series before, it's absolutely mind-boggling. So if Florida can keep those guys kind of lukewarm, not on, not hot, not cold, but just lukewarm, I think Florida will be okay. Usually people go down to Florida to retire, but it feels like Mark Stahl has gone there and kind of found the fountain of youth with the minutes he's playing. What, I, what, what is, is it the system? Is it just uh, the sun? What, what has it got him kind of look like he's turned back the clock for a veteran defense of Mark Stahl? Yeah, if you would have told me he'd play all 82 games, and now yes. what are we in? Uh, this is 11th playoff game, so that's 93 games by my Florida math. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, that is just something I never would have expected. I mean, Mark Stahl, um, I think a lot of people down here have given him a lot of grief um, because there have been some – he has looked slow at times. He has looked every day of his age, but he's been very good playing with – Brandon Montour, those two are a very good team together. Um, people don't don't really think about that he makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and played eighty two games, giving you quality quality minutes as a yeah. defenseman. Um, you know he's he's given you everything he's got. I mean, there's no doubt about his compete level. Um, whatever he doesn't have in the tank, that that's just it is what it is. But he's given you everything he's got, and, and some days it's really really good. George, uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see if the Panthers can uh, win and uh, move to the third round for the first time since 1996. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, fellas. We'll see you. I bet you that's uh, George Richards from Florida Hockey Now. And uh, the Panthers, obviously they would have to lose four in a row to avoid going to the uh, third round for the first time, 1996. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're up 3 nothing. Obviously you don't want to go back to Toronto. I get what George is saying, but... He, put, he picked up a pretty big cushion. He, and I will be blown away, Greg's, if these guys don't come out and play as if their lives are on the line. Toronto? I just, I, yeah, Toronto, That these guys being the least. I just I can't imagine that they don't come out and just fight for every square inch of that ice, get to the net. Like, it, you know, there's, I guess, it's not a big deal, the difference losing 4 nothing or 4-1. But optically, it, it just feels like they've been kind of pushed out of the series. And they haven't really competed. And that last game, your comment about Marner and, and uh, you know, Matt. It was awful. They just, it just was like they, I don't know if disinterest is the right word, but it was like they they just weren't ready. They weren't prepared to play. So you're, you're <laughs> winning four in a row is going to be a tall order. It's only happened a few times. But you just, you know, if I'm that team, the least, come out and have one good shift each. Don't worry about the next shift. Try to build something. But because getting swept out, man, oh, it's you know the Oilers got swept by Colorado last year, but they were the juggernaut and they were the clear cup favorites. Um, no, we might look back and say, well, Florida was the clear cup favorites if they win the Stanley Cup. But uh, I, I just, I, I, Gregs, I just can't believe they won't have a better effort tonight. Oh, they better. Quick break. Uh, we'll return with Struds on on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We are live at the Cabin Pub and Party where the party's going on tonight to watch the Order game. Uh, it's going to be standing room only. Going to have a great time. Cabin Pub and Party Jasper Avenue, 116th. Gregor.
Strudwick, Connor Halley with you on the Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Oh, the uh, the Strud meter of happiness just went up a little bit. Uh, you ordered some nachos. <laughs> oh, you were begging it. <laughs> hey, you ordered something, man? Why? I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> what about some nachos? I, hey, I guess so. Buddy, I... We don't need that beak to grow any longer, okay, Pinocchio? Come on. I'll, I'll, by the way, though, next time you got to try the cabin salad here. It is, is it good? Un- oh, it's just unbelievable. Holy but I love oranges and strawberries in my salad. Mm, I love I like it. it too, yeah. Right, with the lettuce and, yeah. and throw a little chicken on there. Oh, it's unbelievable. So if you're coming down to the game tonight, before you crush yourself with sure. lots of beers, you can feel good about yourself, have the cabin salad, mix it up a little bit. And you'll be like, oh, good, I had my health. Now I can yeah. have a few beers. So it's all in moderation. All in moderation. Hey, boys, much like a tree falling in the woods makes no sound. If the Leafs get swept in the second round, were they really there? Scott in a blue jacket. <laughs> I, don't even, I, I don't even want to think about that. It feels like tonight could be Christmas, right? The Oilers win and the Leafs lose. I I just – and I, I, I'll i say it again for those who aren't aware. I like the Leafs. I, I, there's a lot of players on that team I like. You know, I'm not sure that they're built perfectly, but, you know, most teams aren't. But the fan base, I just love seeing that fan base suffer. Now, I know some point – I'll lead all these words when at least when a Stanley Cup. Maybe before I die, probably got another 40, 50 years. But right now, my God, if they could lose four straight to Florida, oh, don't even, don't even. I can't even dare to dream. I can't even dare to dream. Hey guys, will Edmonton win because Dallas won? Well, it's been a freakish postseason if you are a believer in patterns. Because uh, Edmonton, whatever Dallas does, Edmonton does. That doesn't yeah. matter. From the start of the hard. playoffs, Dallas wins, Edmonton wins. Dallas loses, Edmonton loses. Dallas wins, Edmonton wins. Dallas loses, Edmonton wins. And that's basically how it's been. So order fans will take it. Hey, maybe Edmonton and Dallas, that both organizations desperately want to feel that cosmic energy coming together to uh, relive when they uh, met in the playoffs. What was it, six out of seven years? Right? 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, then not 2002, but then again in 2003. So, yeah. Six out of seven. Dallas obviously had much more enjoyment in those series overall than uh, the Orders did. <laughs> they were pretty good teams. They spent oh. a lot of money too. Yeah, but no. Listen, this 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 year there's not a clear Stanley Cup favorite. I, I think it was, well left. I thought it was Boston. I was wrong. Last year clearly Colorado. I said it the whole time. Uh, and then two years ago or previous to that it was Tampa Bay. This year, it's not clear. It's not clear-cut, Greg. So you're trying to figure out who it's going to be. Everyone has a chance. Everyone who right now, even the Leafs, who are down 3 nothing, they have a chance uh, at claiming the Stanley Cup. So everyone should be really excited. And it doesn't mean that teams aren't always excited for it. But, you know, when the big dog is out, you're looking around thinking, man, we got a chance here. Oh, yeah. So, hey, that's why you play the games, baby. Get in the dance. You never know what can happen. Let's get to Struds on. Brought to you by G. S construction uh, they're hiring a marketing and brand assistant also looking for laborers pipe layers and equipment operators for an upcoming very busy season at gs construction go to indeed.com look up gs construction the jason greger show presents struds on folk music this lad is your lad, this lad is light lad from California to New York Island. Like, folk music. I'm sorry, I can't do it. French fries. I like things that are hard, that get soft. No one likes those soggy tots, guys. I don't want soggy fries. I want them crisp, hard. I want them straight and hard. That's what I like. 
the rodeo. Yeah, I'll get bear back on a sheep, no problem, man. But there's no way, there's no way I'm getting on the back of a steer. His mindset. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Living on the edge. Vander Kane, the way he plays on the ice, he's, he, you want him out there. You want to be a part of it all. Um... And and when he when he's playing like he we've seen him do so many times he drags teams you know his it, both teams actually into the fight it can be a big distraction uh, for the other team and just draws a lot of attention. I want to talk though about the penalty he took then the first period. I love the intention. I love the idea of what he's trying to do. It's really nothing play. He looks up. You see the puck goes to Petrangelo, who is one of the the, 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 the very important players for uh, Vegas. And he decides I'm take a run at him. There's nothing in the rule book that says he can't. What you can't do is you can't get your stick up high like he did. If he had just come up there and finished it, put his shoulder on shoulder, no problem. It would have still had a scrum, except he wouldn't have got a penalty. And quite honestly, in a situation like that, I could see a situation where you get into a, a, a moment where the other team retaliates on you. And then you're the guy or that's going on the power play. Instead, he goes in there and just kind of gets a stick up high and cross-checks him in the neck. It's a two-minute penalty, clear as day. And the thing you have to remember, when you're a guy like Evander Kane, a guy like Kachuk, everyone's watching you. Everyone means all four refs. They're watching you all the time. They're not watching Yamamoto or Derek Ryan. Not that they aren't skilled players and know to help out, but they are looking at a situation where they're looking for you to make trouble because there's a higher percentage chance that you create problems than anybody else. So I again, Greg's. I have no problem. I have no proud, or no problem with what he did. If he wants to run a guy to end the period, the period's not over. It was there was still time left on the clock. But just keep your stick down. Go in there with shoulder to shoulder, not from behind, and take a run, and then get a little bit of chatting going and gets everyone fired up. And I think that kind of gets everyone fired up after after a, what was in a, a bad period, but not a great period for the orders. It kind of fell apart in the second. But Evander Kane, you you want him to walk that line, and you need him to walk that line. You need him to. You know, at times make bad choices, but that's when I think that you can, he could recognize that okay, this this isn't the time to, to to go in there. And I get his intention was to cross check him in the in the chest. I don't believe he was like I'm gonna go hit this guy in the the neck, but just shoulder to shoulder, finish your check, then wait for everyone to come around and get a little brattle going. And but fans that you know you, you worry about a penalty like that. Yeah, if it's a, a guy who doesn't play on the edge, you're probably a little more concerned. If it's Kane, you're like, hey, man, we need you to play a little bit differently, even though it doesn't bother us a ton. Well, and, and Edmonton killed that penalty off and, and did gain momentum for about three minutes. The, the three minutes after that penalty, uh, I thought, was easily Edmonton's best, peer, best part of it, but then they just fell apart after that. And it was interesting listening to Jay Woodcroft today. He didn't say it yesterday, but, you know, I, think I just said, hey, you know what? It was clear we weren't on our game. And even when we were creating chances, we weren't our game because we were missing the chances. And, and like, you look at, at just, there was three times in the first ten minutes, Strutty, when we were watching a game where McDavid and Drysdale, who are normally sure-handed passers, right. missed passes. That those guys making their sleep. And it was just a sign of it. And I don't know why. Like, that's the thing I'm trying to, because, you know, we, we got a text here that says, uh, you know, the, the order's arrogance is what cost them the game. Um, I think Vegas is going to win five in a row now. The order's are resting on last year. They're not focused or hungry like the Hurricanes or Vegas, and they're getting uh, outcoached. So I look back at the, at the last, at the games in the series. Where did Woodcroft get outcoached in game one? Where do you, do you think he got outcoached in game one? 
No, and I, and I answered the texture. What I said was, if you looked at back at game three, f- four of the six goals that are scored, I know one was called back, were off the rush. Poor defending off the rush, right? That's not coaching. That is something that has been, it's it's drilled into you. So I don't think he's been outcoached. I think that game one, the Oilers just were, they weren't ready to go. You know, game two, did, did all of a sudden uh, Cassidy get outcoached? You know, that badly, if you're going to have that. Then you go into game three, I think that the, the breakdowns the Oilers had, the miscues, they're, they're very correctable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that he was outcoached at all. We can't say for two months or since Christmas that he was, you know, perhaps people text and say, hey, he's the greatest coach. He's so great. And then all of a sudden he gets, you know, the Oilers lose game three in the playoffs. Like, he's getting outcoached. I don't see that at all. The power play is still being effective, right? The penalty kill has been kind of a challenge they're working on all the time. Uh, I look at his four four breakdowns, four miscues, I should say, on off-the-rush chances that should not have happened. Those should not happen. Uh, not because it was great like great plays. is because the Oilers got beat to the middle of the ice. Yeah, they they got to protect the house, but protect the middle of the ice, especially in the neutral zone. Vegas, though, the way they play, and even the way Edmonton plays, both teams are susceptible to giving up plays off the rush. So when you do, you have to make sure that you're not allowing that off-the-rush chance to just turn into a glorious chance. That's right. You know, there's odd man rushes. There's going to be odd man rushes every game. Yes. You know, the Bouchard one, he falls down. I I get that. But if you look at the one that um, was disallowed, I think Martinez drove the puck wide, if I remember. Uh, Drysaddle gives the, 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 the middle lane drive to the player, and then Bouchard doesn't react and then take that middle ice again either. You've got to make it really hard for them to uh, get to the middle of the ice. Stay in the middle of the ice. Make it hard for them to get to the middle of the ice. That's what I want to I, I wanna just reiterate. Like th- Those aren't skill plays. That's just general knowledge of what you need to do. And it's hard because it's hard work to always get in the right place. But they know it. They, they know the situation. Jason Greger, Jason Stroud with you and I'm the Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Mike Rupp will join us next as Devils are on the ropes, Matt Carolina. What hey, we haven't even mentioned. Shout out to Jordan Martinuk. Are you kidding me? Now I and I I, I sent a note to the NHL. He's gotta be the first player in NHL history to have zero points in the first round and then crush off nine yeah. in the second round. He's got over two points a game. He's outscoring Leon Dreisaitl in the second round. It's Jordan Martin, who gets unbelievable. His family, uh, local here, of course, they got to be going crazy, man. That's unbelievable to watch. Yeah, absolutely. For, like, who needs Svechnikov? Who needs Tara yeah. It's Martin right now. But you need him because of the injuries you're just yes. talked about. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't need them. You just have Martin Nuke. Right. He's covering I'm, I'm, you know, facetious a little bit here. But it's. I always love the success stories that you don't expect come playoff time. And there is no one. No one. Jordan Martin, you line him up to a, a lie detector right now. He's like, oh, did I think I was going to score nine points in four games? No. No, I did not. No. Guaranteed. Sure. I'd have to look at his career. I'm going to bet he's never scored nine points in four games in the NHL. So it's, uh, it's outstanding for him. It's a great storyline. So uh, watch that. Uh, could get to double digits in the second round for Carolina as they're one win away to go into the conference final. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports center update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home with the no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool at legacyheating.ca. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 